You're listening to so many sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. Uh, I'm Garrett. This is off the rails already. I'm, I'm David. <laughs> um, and my axe. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're at the end of the series. Simmer, simmer down now. We're at the end of the series. Simmer down. <laughs> oh, that was too funny in our... Simmer down. Yeah, we're a little, uh, I guess, punch drunk on Lord of the Rings. Yeah, so well, you know, six it, hours of sitting there will do that to you. <laughs> tell you what. It's a good, Ooh. it's a good way, though. I mean, yeah, we're we're at Return of the King now, uh, the final installment of Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. L O T R. Yep. This is uh, the best picture of what year? Uh, two thousand three. No. Two thousand three. Is it 2003? I thought it was 2004. Yeah. No, no 2003. they came out back to back to back. So 2001, 2002, 2003. Well, yeah. whatever year Return of the King came out, it was Best Picture at the Oscars. It won 11 Oscars, swept its swept the whole dang show. And I believe I read that it's tied for most Oscar wins yep. with yeah, Titanic and Ben-Hur. And Ben-Hur. Yeah, they won. It, it won everything it was nominated for that year. Yeah. Does that surprise anyone else? That, Not that, really. that, that is tied for the most Oscar wins ever. With Ben-Hur and Titanic. Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Not really. It was 2004. Um, I don't think that I would... What? It was 2004. Uh, well, it won in 2004. Yeah. It came out in 03, but it won in 04. Anyway. But it was Best Picture 2003. Oh, anyway. All right, Pinky. And the brain. Which one's which? Don't answer that's, that. Uh, that's for y'all to decide. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if it would surprise me. Uh, I, wouldn't cert- I certainly wouldn't think of it. Like, it wouldn't jump into my head right off the bat. It'd be like, what do you think the movies with the most Oscar wins are? I wouldn't think Return of the King. I honestly wouldn't think Titanic either. I would instantly think Titanic. Yeah. It yeah. makes sense. I wouldn't think Ben Hur just because I don't think about that movie. It makes sense uh, no. when you look at what all it was nominated for. Like, it definitely is outstanding in all of these categories. It was Best Picture. Mm-hmm. It won Best Sound Mixing. Best Original <clears throat> Score. Best Original Song for End of the West. Um, that's a song that I think uh, Pippin sings, right? No, no, that's the song at the end. Oh, I'm sorry. That's yeah, the song during the credits. Yeah. Are we uh, thinking of uh, Will Smith's Wild Wild West? No, that's Wicked Wicked Wild Wild West. That's the best uh, song wiggity, 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 this you generation. You don't want to see my hand where my hit be at. Um, <laughs> and there's, uh, it won for Best Film Editing, Best Visual Effects, Best Costume Design, Best Directing, Makeup, and Adapted Screenplay. So, I mean, like, everything it wins. I mean, there's an argument that it definitely should have won for each of those categories, but it's amazing that it did. Mm-hmm. Uh... I, at that time, the third movie in history to, I think, get a clean, to win for everything it had been nominated for. Yep. Yeah. I, it was up against, for Best Picture, uh, Lost in Translation. Oh, my God. Master and Commander, The Far Side. I know the last one. Great, great movie. Um, Mystic River. And Seabiscuit. And Seabiscuit. So, who won Best Actor that year? Because I'm still... It was a Sean Penn? It was, it was Sean, Sean Penn. Penn. Wrong. Mystic Bill River? Murray should have won. I... I agree. Just Bill because, of, just so because of my love for Bill Murray. No, because he was good in that movie. This is not a lost. I don't know. I think podcast. Johnny Depp. Get out of <laughs> for here. For Pirates of the Caribbean. It's not amazing that he was nominated. It is amazing. It is amazing that he was when nominated. When you think about it, Bill Murray given that performance, oh, it still makes me angry. He didn't win. Anyway, well, it makes I mean, me, it of, makes these, me angry. of these of these characters that were nominated for best leading actor, uh-huh. like who stands out? Do you remember the name of the character from Mystic River? Honestly, the one... Sean Markham. Captain Jack Sparrow is the only one that stands out, if that's the exactly. only question. That's what I'm saying. Like, legacy bias, it's kind of amazing that he was nominated and, and didn't win. I mean, I think it's a, there's a very easy argument that, that that changed his career, because he never stopped playing Captain Jack Sparrow. That's no true. Agreed. Agreed. Anyway, back to the Lord of the Rings, though. Yay. The Return of the King. This is not an Oscar do, do, do. show. 
do 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 do. I can't. I don't know. Final. I always end up in the final countdown somehow when I try to do the Lord of the Rings thing. Andrew again, once again, watched the extended edition mm-hmm. for 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> no, but for real, it was four, hours, four and hour minutes, right? hours and 10 minutes, right? It was four hours and 10 minutes. And this one was, the theatrical was three hours and 20? Yeah. Yep. Woo! It felt it, I'll tell you that. But it was good. It felt like it in a good way. I really yeah. liked this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time. Mm-hmm. And revisiting it, I thought it was far and away the best. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Without question. <clears throat> and definitely one of, if, one of, if not the best... Like fantasy epic ever put to film. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. And you, I, it's weird because like <clears throat> I look at it from a lot of different perspectives when I'm watching it. Because again, the first two movies ended with such cliffhanger notes mm-hmm. where they all led to this. So I'm wondering, had those other two movies ended and been able to be standalone movies, but also tied in, would it have been as good, or is it just the fact that there was so much buildup? That this essentially is based on structure, a eleven-hour movie, mm-hmm. roundabouts. Like it all basically is just one big movie. Yeah, you could definitely watch it as such. I mean, it would be a great thing to do if you had a sick day. Yeah, if you were sick at home in bed and you just put them all on. Yeah, you had a, mm-hmm. you had an extra nine hours. You'd be entertained. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're sick, what else yeah. are you gonna do? Got the flu. It's a great flu movie. Yeah, there's a there's yeah, it is a good flu movie. Sure, you just uh, stuck there. Yeah. yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you know because of all the because of all of the build that you have with those first two movies, story wise and uh, sort of film uh, technique wise, like I think the successes of the first two movies really helped them make Return of the King to this like. You don't notice anything out of place, really, in Return of the King. I mean, there's a few, uh, if you really dig down deep, you can probably find some few visual effects, uh, things that aren't, like, perfect by today's standards. But, like, you're, like, you've long since paid attention to the, you know, like, the size discrepancy between hobbits and, and, and normal people. And, like, the orcs just look as normal as they ever have. Like, there's nothing that you, you say. There's never, like, a moment where I watched it and I was like, ugh, that didn't look good. I have, oh, I have one critique, and it's not really that bad. It's the ending. Good Lord. Oh, yeah. It took 45 minutes to end this movie, and they tricked me seven times. Yes, yes. And yes. I would I argue that the ending they gave me with Sam going, when I'm back, is yes. the worst one they could have picked. I have the exact. Without question, the worst I, I one they picked. I have the exact moment. That the movie should have ended, I think, and been fine. Yeah. Because I was watching it. We were. All, I was watching it back, and I like. I like you. When I was young, I thought, "Why are there eighteen endings of this movie?" Right. Yeah. <laughs> Why well, the biggest. Going? The biggest and, section of my notes is the ending. And there is a moment. It is thirteen minutes and fifty seconds before the credits start. Starting, That's when it should have ended. Starting when? So this is right after they all bow to bow in front of Frodo. Yep. And and the the rest of the hobbits. Now. After that, they go back to the Shire. Pretty much from going back to the Shire to the moment it says the end is 13 minutes and 50 seconds, and it feels like 30 minutes. It does. Because it's like them going back, and then they go and they have a drink, and you could have ended it here where they go and have a drink, and Sam takes a big swig, and he goes, he's going to go talk to uh, (laughs) Lily Rose. Rose. Rosie. And he's going to propose, and then they get married. And, and and at the marriage part, I thought, you know, maybe I was harsh on this movie. All these, you know, these this extra stuff here at the end, it's not all that bad. And then it kept going for another 
12 minutes. <laughs> like I was like, I was like, this isn't so bad. And then it just kept going and going and going and going and going. And it took as long to do as possible. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, I need to walk over here. Let's just make, I'm going to take every step as slowly as I can. Well, it's like they shot it. It's like they shot those last 12 minutes in slow motion. A little bit. And they've barely did any editing. Yeah. It, the, re- it was really slow. After the final scene in Mount Doom, the, the pace pacing goes off a cliff. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so fast paced. This whole movie is about war, basically. Mm-hmm. And then it's like slow, really bright scenes mm-hmm. in back in the Shire mm-hmm. and, you know, following these hobbits just wandering around. Mm-hmm. It was really overdrawn out. It was. And oh. I get what they were trying to do because, like, I had this thought go, going into it. It's like, these four hobbits, you know, every, all the hobbits, with the exception of Bilbo, who we talked about earlier, ha- basically just live their life in the Shire and be hobbits. These four have gone on this grand adventure, and their lives have been completely changed. And the hobbits, A, don't care. Yeah. They just don't. And how can you go through that and then just go, well, going to go back to this boring-ass Shire. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't. I mean, no. you... Well, like, Sam can, but, like, Frodo can't. Frodo no. cannot. He went through too much. No, he's too he changed. can't. He's done. He can't go back to the Shire. Mary and Pippin can do whatever, because who cares? But, like, <laughs> they... After... <laughs> after uh, everybody in the man town, whatever it's called, yeah. I don't remember. I don't know. What is the name of that? Is it Gondor? Mystery? No, uh, Minus like Tirith. Minus sure. Tirith. There you go. Um, when they all knelt and bowed to them... They should have had a moment of, like, them together. It was like, well, what are we doing now? I don't know. I guess we could go back home. And they talk about what they're doing, and then Frodo's like, I can't go back home. And then they have his going away party where he goes to the elves or whatever. But, like, to go to the Shire and then leave and then go back, like, nah. No, no, no. No. It just it just takes... And, it, and it's so funny because this is, like, the main complaint. This is the only complaint I think all four of us might have. Ender, do you feel it's a little overlong? No, he watched the okay. four hour and ten so minute that, one. So, no, he doesn't so think it's So between the three of us, it's really the only complaint. Yeah, he can't. Yeah. So, well, he willingly chose to do that. To do an extra hour, yeah. I did. And so you cannot complain about it. I don't regret it. Yeah. To be honest with you, I don't regret no it. No regrets. Will I say that it is a little bit long? Yes. Uh, those last 12 minutes do f- do drag on just a little bit. But, 12 minutes is going to make a difference in a four hour and ten minute movie. But the thing is, is that like <laughs> what I... What I understand from what J.R.R. Tolkien was kind of was kind of portraying there is like, how do you how do you return after after war? Mm-hmm. How do you return after? Who knows how long they those guys have been gone? Oh well, they, like, thirteen the, months is what he says. Thirteen, 13 months, months and now, then four years or whatever. Yeah, and then they and then they skip four years ahead. Okay. So wait, what? Who has been gone for thirteen months? So the Frodo first. says when they ride back, there's like a little narration as like they co they, they they zoom out to like a map. And it's like more, and it shows like uh, where they are, and then it goes back to the Shire. Like and he says, and all "Thirteen stuff. months from the day we set, we left from exit, you know, from the from that place, or something like that." Um, from it was like thirteen months since Gandalf told me that we needed to go to Rivendell or something like that, and then here we are back, and it's like a whole, it was like a whole other <laughs> lifetime ago, seemingly. And then later, when he's finishing his book, he goes, "It's been four years since I got stabbed by that Nazgul on the top of the." So, one of the questions that I have, um, and maybe it was answered and I missed it, or maybe it's explained in the books and I don't remember it. 
Is the reason is Bilbo so friggin' old because of his distance from the ring? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He was because was that not? Was, do we did we all know that? I fig- I didn't know. I didn't actually realize it until this movie. Because all I could rewatch. wonder was why is Bilbo so friggin' old? Is yeah. if it's been thirteen mm. months. Well, if you watch, he's even older in Fellowship of the Ring, just being away from it for for like a few days. Um, like the I didn't get it when I was younger because I I mean I remember the Hobbit, but I don't remember. I didn't like oh study it like crazy. But when Gandalf first show, first shows up in the beginning of Fellowship of the Ring, he looks at me and says, "You have aged a day," <laughs> you know, and it's like, and, and the whole thing is that like. Smeagol's like 200 years old or something. Like, the ring gives you uh, elongated life, and it can either really wreak havoc with what you look like, or it can make you be, if you're if you're kind of yeah. casual about it, like Bilbo, hang on pretty well. Okay. But he didn't <clears throat> seem as quite obsessed with it as Smeagol did. Mm-hmm. So we did a weird thing and started off talking about the end of the movie. So let's get back, let's revert back to the beginning. Back to the... The two towers ended with the, with the cliffhanger of Smeagol planning, Smeagol slash Gollum planning mm-hmm. to kill... Sam and oh, Frodo. Ooh. And then this movie opens with a flashback sequence giving us Smeagol Gollum's origin story. That's right. We find out he's a hobbit. He's with his cousin, friend. Brother. Maybe? When I googled it, Deagle. it said cousin. Okay. Cousin, cousin Deagle. They're fishing. Mm-hmm. Deagle gets pulled underwater and finds the ring and the rest unfolds. Um, those guys, those boys are instantly hooked. Oh yeah, there was like, no time. They were like, they, "Give me the ring." Like, they, 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 saw were, they were hooked. Oh yeah, they wanted. Didn't... <laughs> okay. It's weird too that like that like Smeagol before he gets turned talks like that way. I thought that too. I thought it was weird that he, he already had a weird and, voice. And he briefly stops doing it and then goes back to it because he's like catches catches the fish and then he goes he go, his cousin flies over the boat and he goes, "Oh no, Deagle!" <laughs> like a normal guy. <laughs> and then when he brings the ring back out, he's like. <laughs> he's already like halfway there it's like instant mm-hmm. now it's so it's so strange because like Frodo seems like he likes it but he, Frodo resists really well and other people just can't hang at all with well it. I think it's well, just a matter of willpower like, it's an ugly well, ring yeah. let's be real <laughs> it's, 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 gold. it's an ugly ring it's well, just a yellow gold thingy woo Sam resists it the best better best of anybody Sam's Sam the best. Has like, Sam's the best character Sam in the like, franchise. Sam has like one moment where he like thinks about not. He's like, uh, and then he's like, oh, here you go. <laughs> well, like here's the other thing too is that Smeagol knew nothing of the ring's origin or right. anything that. Yeah, he didn't care at all. He didn't know anything about it. But by God, he wanted he it. He just wanted it, and he killed his cousin because of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, Frodo and Sam have this knowledge from Gandalf, mm-hmm. saying, you know, this ring is evil. Don't. Don't touch it. You it's need true. to resist everything. It's true. So I think that's in the back of their minds, and they're just like, we don't want it. Mm-hmm. We need to get rid of it. Let's go to Mount Doom and toss it in the fire. It's true. And then, I'm oh, sorry. No, 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 I'm done. Yeah, Sam, or Frodo never really wanted it in quite the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just like, eh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, guess I'll throw it, I guess I'll throw it away. I, and then the power gets to him over time. I, and maybe I'm wrong. You, you've seen these movies a million and a half times, so let's see if, if I'm wrong. Watching yes. these movies. <laughs> I'm kidding. Did Frodo do anything? Like, he didn't talk much. He didn't have a lot of lines throughout mm-hmm. the whole movie, mm-hmm. throughout the course of the movie. He walked a lot. He did a good, he did good job, like, conveying his... And I'm not saying Frodo himself. Well, kind of. But, like, Shia's character. Shia's character seemed... Honestly, Frodo seems like the weakest character because he's not doing much of anything. Like, mm-hmm. Sam... Who's Shia? Sorry... 
<laughs> Sam? Oh my God, Elijah! Elijah! Nah, si- nah, he said Shia. Shia, and I thought you. Were, I Shia thought LaBeouf. You, I thought you were doing. I thought you were doing. Uh, hey, I'm just going to not be on the show anymore. I thought you were doing knockoff Thor again. Yeah. I thought this was a knockoff Thor bit you were trying out. I didn't know, no, know what no, that was. That just got my people confused. Shia my Woods. Brain, no, Shia Elijah LaBeouf. My brain fell into the fire. Um, but like. You know, you get a you get a lot from <laughs> Sam throughout this movie. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily get a lot from Frodo. What yeah. he's he like the the acting is really well done, but you don't he doesn't he's just kind of there. To watch. He's just well, meant to endure. Yeah, I mean, like, like, that's all he can do. He gets he, stabbed like uh, it's going out of style. He's but. there to be the central point for several other characters. I think because yeah. yeah. nothing <laughs> Sam does matters without Frodo. Right and. Frodo, it just has to be the like avatar to hold the yeah. ring, I guess. Well, and I think I think what stemmed this question was near the end of the movie. Nobody <clears throat> gives a shit about Sam. <laughs> Not they're all like Frodo. Oh my God, Frodo! What about Frodo? Oh, Frodo. When Sam, and they all know that Sam's with them. Ain't that they just don't how give it goes? A shit about Sam. Ain't yeah. that just how it goes? <laughs> yep. Not a soul was like, I wonder if Sam's okay. <laughs> well, and you know, if, spider if, and everything. if everyone had been with him the whole time, like we were via watching a movie, we Why would not? know that Frodo, would have, Frodo wouldn't have made it 12 months back if it weren't for yeah. Sam. 100%. Yeah. Sam saved his life on time and time again. Yep. From Gollum, from himself, from all kinds of things. Oh, yeah. Yep. Frodo would have died so long ago. Huh? Or to, became a Gollum-type figure in the woods. Yeah, for sure. To, to rewind a little bit, let's talk about how cool... The end of Gollum's origin story, as they mm. show us, with him like devolving into what Gollum became. Yeah, there's a real. I mean, it's like it's a cool mix of practical and moving into special effects. There's a great moment where Andy Serkis closes his eyes, and when he reopens them, they're the digital eyes yeah. of yeah. Gollum. And that was great. And it like threw that. me off for a minute. I went. Oh, yeah, I, I had to back it up that. because I was like, "Did I really just see that happen?" Yeah, yeah. he's like, my, "Did my mind, did my eyes play a trick on me there? Were his eyes real and then fake, or were they fake and then real? Which ha- what what happened?" What what bothered me is there's some really great visual effects in this movie, mm-hmm. yeah. and then there's like the scene where Deagle gets pulled underwater, and it is a very blatant green oh. or blue screen. Oh yeah, and yeah. he's just like ah, being pulled along a fake yeah. backdrop, and it looked horrible. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then like, they have these like dragons that look amazing. I just don't. Where's the consistency? Well, yeah. well I I think and there's a second green screen part that stuck out to me too, but I can't remember what it is now. Like, th- it was obvious to me. I think like mainly because there was there were so many visual effects in this movie. I think like at the time the average the average visual effects quota for a film was like maybe two hundred. This had four hundred. This had fourteen hundred. Well, like, but the other thing is is that like. Like that was like such a minor thing in the story. They, they were it just, is. They were just like, well, we'll just put that on the back burner. Nobody's it's really going to remember everything after this. After everything, it's else. funny to me that they can make Smeagol evolve into Gollum and have the Eye of Sauron on top of this mountaintop mm-hmm. and create a volcano, but like just having a person underwater, yeah, was too hard, yeah, to look great. That's my one. Visual effects, hot take. It's a timing thing, I'm sure. You know, well, like, I also, you know, it probably looked great in 2003. Yeah, and it's kind of like you know, well, we, you know, allocation of, of of resources probably got like more than we've got a few guys working on each individual thing. You may have one guy whose job it is to touch up, you know, the the beginning the scene with Smeagol and Deagle. Um, I got a visual effect, visual effects fun fact. Um, the uh, Sauron 
that's at the end of the movie that crumbles. So mm-hmm. you know they mm-hmm. had to like uh, they had to dis- they had to make a three D model that they could then destroy, and it was going to take like weeks to do right. And they had like a Christmas break that they were going to get coming up, and so these guys went and so like everybody went everybody went out of town for Christmas break, but one guy stayed behind. And modeled the whole thing over Christmas break for like two weeks. This one guy did it all by himself. And then when they came back, he went, guys, check this out. And like, and it's like the finished visual effects shot. Wow. Or the, or at least the, like, uh, with that before they put on like the after effects and stuff. So it's just like perfect thing. And all they got to do now is do like the finishing touches. So that's pretty cool. That's neat. Um, after Smeagol turns, then uh, we are brought back into the present, into what I like to call this apartment whenever I show up. The Shire. Yeah, basically, you got Gollum Andrew <laughs> saying innocuous but sometimes really random things, and then Sam Garrett screaming at him, and then just Josh looking just tired of the whole experience. Who am I? Probably you're for your Frodo. Oh, I'm the one who doesn't do and anything. And then I'm Gandalf. I'm just the one who shows up when you're the story Gandalf. requires it. I show up when the story requires it. You're Mary and Pippin. <laughs> Together. As one. Uh, you're Mippin. <laughs> I'll take that. Andrew's definitely a golem. Well, I, 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 I will happily off, be a Sam. Happened. You it sit happened. off in the corner and talk to yourself. You do do that. And then Garrett goes, "Will you stop doing that?" True. <laughs> and then Josh just goes, Ugh. <laughs> "This, this ring <laughs> in the corner." And then I just show up and go, "Fly, you fools! Let's record a podcast." <laughs> That's all I do. Yeah, yeah. I show up when needed. <laughs> All right. Uh, That's pretty... That was was a good laugh. Can we have a quick talk about the notes, uh, the section of my notes that said, would you believe Pippin f***ed up again? (laughs) (laughs) This boy can't do anything. He's he's Uh, a black sheep. He sucks so so much. much. No, he sucks. Pippin's so... Like poor Pippin. No, right? he does it to himself. I don't have any sympathy for the man. Oh, I have have nothing but sympathy for the man. He is uh, a fool. Right? He's just this foolish, fool honest boy. Yeah, a fool of a toque. This foolish, honest boy who's just doing his best. Honest and boy? They stealing stuff from the farmers all the time back in the Shire. That's, that's very, not honest. That's very true. But he doesn't give up Frodo when he has the chance. He doesn't. So, he's a, you know, he's got a good heart. He's just an idiot, you know? He's the Eric Matthews of the of the of the Hobbit boys. That's a good analogy. You know, he's got a good heart, but he's dumb. And that's, you know, that's he's hungry. And, uh, uh, but, you know, but, uh, it really would endears Pippin to me throughout, by the end of this movie is him just fighting to basically save, uh, Faramir, um, because, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Boromir and Faramir's dad is an a-hole. Oh, like, yeah. He's, he's a crazy, he's like, he's he's a like crazy literally, dude. Literally says to his son, I wish you had died and not my old, my other son. That's a dick thing to say. Yep. Excuse yeah. my language, but it is this. He's a jerk, Denethor. So like you got, you got Pippin, and he's like swore himself to like serve it because he feels bad that Boromir got himself killed protecting him, and just like the, the like the, the, I don't know the sorrow, especially when he sings in the great. Oh, Hall. that's a great scene. It's yes. so and it's so well cut with like the the shots of Faramir charging into battle to try to maybe earn his daddy's love. Yeah, or a little is, bit, uh, or his dad's respect a little bit. Oh my god, that is probably one. Of, that's probably the the scene that stands out the most to me because it was. I watched it twice because I felt it. That song was beautiful. The way he sang it was beautiful. The tension that it felt as you cut back and forth yeah. with yeah. them charging yeah, into battle, the orcs getting ready, Pippin singing that crazy <laughs> eating chicken. Oh yeah, just, um, just blood spat. Yeah. But even mouth. even the tension that he had 
with those moments, like added more to that because yeah. of the sound effects and yeah. the thing. And then you don't even see them get destroyed, but no. like you know, and that is just a oh, that's the standout scene. In the it's movie. a really good scene in the movie, and, and Billy Boyd's got a great delicate voice to sing the song, and and we had you know we'd seen him sing a few more times earlier. We actually think he sings earlier in this movie. Him and Mary are singing about you know drinking beer, and they're like they're up on they're, the table. They're getting everybody's everybody's yeah. having fun watching them. So I don't know. I got a soft spot for Pippin, and it's fun to say Pippin. Um, Pippin, and uh, and then he uh, jumps on a fire to save Faramir, so that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he redeems himself, but God, he they, they up actually. A lot. What I appreciate about this one is they actually gave the other two hobbits a little more to do. Yeah. Because even they got Mary is with the the riders of Rohan. Yeah. And he's hanging out with Eowyn. Am I saying yeah. that right? Eowyn. Eowyn. And, uh, the same. you know, they ride out and they, they ride into battle together. They want, like, Pippin and, and uh, Mary are tired of uh, being sort of cast aside and treated like hostages. They want to help. And uh, that leads to a really cool uh, climactic battle that's not the climax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Um, uh, speaking of Eowyn and Eowyn and Arwen and Eowyn. Eowyn. I think I got all the vowels covered there. Eowyn and Eowyn. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they they just changed the vowels, kept the name the same. Yep. Um, I don't like Liv Tyler's character. Oh, yeah. That's Um, hard. I don't really think she is important in any way, shape, or form. She did nothing. Yeah, she was just there, and uh, like she helped to get the sword. She was like, "Father, go take the sword to this man." But like outside, like I don't fully understand. It, her scenes are her being the there. lowest paced scenes too. They yeah. are very slowly paced, and I, I kept thinking like, okay, it's gonna sound, it's gonna sound. I don't know what's the word people like to use now. It's gonna sound problematic because it's like, like one of the two primary female characters is like the most boring character in the movie. But it's just kind of. The, I think it's just kind of like the problem is with the presentation of her. It's like every scene with her is just her staring into the distance. Mm-hmm. And it's just paced as slowly as possible. And even when she's like doing the things that like need, like are really helping, like going and getting the sword and saying, you know, and like convincing her dad to reforge it, it just feels like it's taking us away from like the two other storylines that are like way more interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know she uh, served a purpose in that of getting the elves, or especially her father, to reforge that sword, to, to bring it to him, to send those reinforcements and all of those things that she did. But like, man, I just did not connect with her. Mm-hmm. And I really liked Eowyn. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's her actual name, but like she was a, she was ready to fight. She was throwing it down. Like had she had a character that built, and I really liked her a lot. She, she for me, she had the best line in the entire movie. It was when she was facing the Nazgul. Mm-hmm. No man can kill me. The Witch King. I am no man. I am no man. I yeah, am and, no and straight up, straight up, just. Obliterates. That's a great moment. I saw. I saw a meme recently. I can't remember what the image was. I can't remember. That's that's the part that kind of matters. But it was like when uh, when he says no man can defeat you, and it's like uh, or can defeat him, and it's like Eowyn and uh, Mary rolling up on uh, this guy because he's a and it's like talking about he's a hobbit, so he's not a man. She's a woman, so she's not a man. Mary stabs him right in the calf muscle. She stabs him in his not face. Great. What was the point of that? 
I don't know. It, just that, it was something that, like, I like. Was this a meme? It was a meme. What's the but meme I, part? I don't of it? remember what the image was. Oh, so you just described what happened. I just I remember. The, I just remember what the joke was. It was just the joke of being like when he says when when he says you know no man can defeat me, and like mm-hmm. and it was like and Mary a Hobbit and Ellen a woman roll up. And there was like some image that goes along with it that made it funnier. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what the image was. That's the problem. I just remember messing it out. There's a lot of like, um, there's I don't know if there's probably a word for it. Like there's a lot of like uh, exposure bias that's been happening to me on the internet. Like ever since we started watching these movies, I am seeing Lord of the Rings stuff everywhere. Like it's Facebook, man. Not even like. I feel like it's more than normal. Like even my uncle retweeted a, 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 a Lord of the Rings thing. I don't even think he's seen the movies. <laughs> I'm like, what did that? Why did that happen? It's strange. strange. It's strange. Sorry, but we, what, what would you think about Liv Tyler and all that? Yeah, she does. I mean, she. I don't really. I'm pretty neutral on her. There's, and it's just because there's a lot of characters I feel that way about. I don't really single her out. Um, because I I've thought this whole time that there's a little too much story going on for me. I prefer focus on a particular line and not switching back and forth between so many. But that's been a problem ever since the Fellowship split up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even in this movie, they spend a lot of the time not quite together. Sam and Frodo especially basically never really get back with them again. No, not until the very end. Until the very end. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's uh, so, so there's still this follow this storyline, then switch to this storyline. You know? Yeah, when they keep it the main two, which is like the rest of the Fellowship, and then Frodo and Sam, it's fine, but then you split off into like going off with Saruman in the early two, earlier two films, and you split off going to, uh, to the, the elves. It just gets to be too much. I'm, I mean, it, it, not too much, but it definitely gets to be hard to, like, I don't know, get in, get too invested in these other storylines that aren't the two yeah, big ones. It's just, yeah. How about the weird, or not, it's kind of weird. How about the competitiveness between uh, Gimli and uh I loved it. That's so, that's so great. And it's something it's pretty they... Fun. they yeah. They've been they've they established early on that they don't really care for each other too much at first, and they're like the friendship builds as they become you know uh, fighters together, yeah. and it builds to this really great uh, meme moment that we've all seen a billion times now mm-hmm. of him being like I thought I'd die next to a next to an elf or something like that. He goes, "What about next to a friend?" <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I can do that. I, I like that. it when when Legolas like wipes out everyone on top of that giant elephant yeah. and then the elephant yeah. and he's like this still only counts as one only counts as one <laughs> no because they're like counting the he's like six turn yeah. Yeah. seven turn <laughs> and Legolas is like 24 25 26 yeah no I didn't I, I said in the first one that I did not like Gimli and I knew that he was going to redeem himself and he did like it just took like he I didn't like him in that first movie and the other two he's been great he's very funny uh, he's super loyal which is great. Even when um, Aragorn is going into the mountain to find the army of the dead, he's like, you're not going alone, bro. We're going with you. <laughs> Ain't you learned that yet? Yeah. And uh, so, no, he's super loyal. He's great. He, he grows on you. One thing we were thinking about the other day, and this is kind of a problem with uh, any any movie that has an archer character. Mm-hmm. Where do you get all those arrows from? That's yes. what I was wondering. Why do they never run out? In the middle of battle. He just looks like infinite ammo. Yeah. I'm like, whatever. I'll suspend the disbelief, but... Maybe, yeah. maybe really. Maybe I want to know. Maybe he has like a magic pat pouch that like just. He, he maybe all he has to do is reach back and it comes out. It could be magic. I had a moment of also clarity. Uh-huh. Listen, and and help me. You've read the books. You've and seen when the movies. I was Thirteen. All right. <laughs> Gandalf. Yeah. Wizard. 
Yeah. Magic. Yeah. Can he just magic all those people away? Apparently not. But he what? doesn't do any magic in the movie. What makes him he a wizard? He shines light at people. What and makes he does him fireworks. A GD yeah. wizard. At the beginning. Because he doesn't, like, can't he just go, obliterate or whatever. And I know it's not Harry yeah. Potter, but, like, well, just blow him up with big. your magic stick. So, so, so there, big. You tell us. So what there, there is some explanation to that in the extended edition. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the extended edition, what happens is, is that his staff... His staff holds a lot of the power. Mm-hmm. His staff is actually destroyed by the Nazgul. When? Yeah, why didn't he do it in like, the second movie where they're in battle? Or like the very beginning, like why didn't he do any magic to get rid of these people at any point in any that battle? I can't answer. Uh, <laughs> He's a damn wizard! Well, it's just like it's just like asking, why the hell didn't the eagles just take over? Just, just fly in there from the beginning? Fly in there from the beginning. Why indeed? But, uh, <laughs> but the thing is, is that like... No, his staff was destroyed uh, at the beginning of the at the beginning of the uh, the castle uh, uh, at the beginning of the uh, the battle of the castle. Mm-hmm. It was destroyed by the Nazgul. So how come in the Fellowship of the Ring, Gandalf doesn't just fly the ring over there and drop it in? Because you're talking about the eagles. No, I'm talking about Gandalf. In any way, he's a wizard. Mm-hmm. Why can't he just zap over there? Drop it and zap back. Because he didn't want to touch the ring. Yeah, that's well, true too. He he just, he put it on the end of your staff. Yeah. You got a big old no, he he it up and put it on a chain and just hold it in front of you. He wanted nothing Turtle to do with chain. it. He wanted or fling it. <laughs> he, he wanted he wanted nothing to do with it. Put it in he space. Went. Yeah, he knows where the bounds at. Can he just go? It's very just like floats over there. And then Doctor Strange it. Sure, why not? At the end of the day, open a portal. Yeah, a lot of questions about the day. Yeah, his his power set is vague, and I mean, so is Sauron. Seemingly limited. Because I'm gonna be real. He seems like a shit wizard. They had like a magic fight in the first one. You remember that when he was making Gandalf breakdance? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had a magic fight. So like, well, where where does that And I know that he rides into he rides into he rides into the battle whenever mm-hmm. like Faramir's people are coming back from getting their boat whooped the first time. He like shines a bright light to get the Nazgûls away. Like I remember that. Yep. And when he seems to have like here's one of his superpowers, perfect timing. <laughs> Because, <laughs> and that's not even necessarily a joke. You know, they come over the hill on the sunrise on the third day. Yeah. Perfect timing. Yep. Oh, the blinded by the sunlight as they come over the hill. Yep. Then he, you know, he shows up right when he needs to for Bilbo's, uh, Bilbo's disappearance, all that stuff. And he, he shows up at this point right in time for when Denethor is like, this isn't good, this is terrible. Everybody, get back inside, we're giving up. You know, and, and Gandalf, you're done, mm-hmm. son. Get back out, then he starts, gets on his horse, goes, Get back to your posts. That's great. <laughs> I don't know whose accent that was. <laughs> but I don't know. It now, sounds like it sounds now, like full metal jacket. I just want to point out that we're nitpicking this stuff because of the <laughs> fact we don't have much else to say as far as like bad no, like, I This don't. movie is so good yeah, that I genuinely am just nitpicking the fun things because it's like, eh, I don't really care about it, but it's fun to talk about it. Well, it's, it's great, but one of the best so I know I, I, I talked about earlier I'll make this one short I talked about earlier the last 13 minutes and how it just drags on the funny thing about that is like that was my compliment for the movie for the first like two to three hours uh, is that I would I would actually kept a clock this time because I wanted I, I kept thinking about it during the first two and I would look up every 10 like every 10 minutes they maximize every 10 minutes that they're on screen. Mm-hmm. Like, I would look at them and I'd go, wow, they got all that done in 10 minutes. And then, like, I'd start, and then I'd, I'd start, I'd look down again. Wow, I can't believe that they got all that in, like, a 13-minute window. Like, all this stuff. Yeah. That, like, this is all this detail, all this action, all these things. 
And then I'd go like, I mean, this is why it's why it's hard to complain at times that the movie's too long because they get so much in. Yeah, no, it's they amazing how much they do. And then by the end of the movie, though, it, it starts to be a little too many things. Yeah, this is the first movie where I haven't been like, oh my god, it's been an hour. It feels like three days mm-hmm. until those last thirteen minutes or however long it is. But like, this is the longest movie, and it felt it, but also like not in a bad way. Like, it felt like I was watching a three-hour-long movie, but I was so enthralled from start to finish yep. that it didn't really feel like it. The first place I really felt it, because even after all this time, it's still a very emotional high, is when they win that battle after uh, they you know they, they kill the Witch King and all the all the Oliphants or whatever run away, and uh, and they've won the battle at, at uh, Ministerial. What is it? Ministerith. Ministerith. And they win that battle, and you go, Woo! The climax! What a huge moment! Now Frodo's gonna dump the ring in the in the in the thing, and you look up and you go, "Oh, there's still an hour and ten minutes left." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go, yeah, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, that was real." It's a, it's a really emotional high point. It feels like it's gonna be that's like a natural place for like the movie to like reach its peak. Yep. And it's like, no, we're not even close to peak yet. Frodo still got to find a big spider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe he already had. I don't remember that at, at, point. at that at that point in time. He had already fought. Yeah. The, he had already fought the spider. Then they were gonna head to the black gate. What's the spider's name? Shelob. Shelob. The name of my ex-wife <laughs> and my ex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, no, it, there's really there's there's one of the things that I drew that I took away from this is that every once in a while you get an epic movie that just kind of blows you away and just sticks with you for a little bit. Uh, I want to say maybe once a decade we get that, and. And in this in this case, we get the Lord, we get the Lord of the Rings: The Return of the King. In this case, we really get three of them. So, um, mm. well, we get we get the Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, and the Return of the King. Mm, this was like, saying, but I don't like, necessarily agree. But this on. this was like this was like I think the apex of it. I think this was the echelon of epic filmmaking, at least in the beginning of the new millennia, and because. This decade, I mean, this decade we have the Avengers, and I think without the Lord of the Rings, we wouldn't have the Avengers. I agree. Yeah, I and, agree with that. And in, I, in, in many, in a lot of different ways. Well, I mean, like, like technology. We wouldn't have Endgame as it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. But it would look different. I, I get what you're saying about the three movies being like the movies of the decade. I would not say that the Fellowship. Or two towers, quote, blew me away. Mm-hmm. I think they're good movies. They're a hell of a story. Um, I think together, as a whole, yes. But individually, those two, mm-hmm. no. This one, yes. Okay. In my opinion. Okay. I think that the two, other two are good movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one is so far beyond those two. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a whole, the storytelling and everything they did, yes, I agree. This is one of those movies that I wish I could see in the theaters again. Because I think it's it's okay. deserving of that. I think that could happen. This seems like the kind of movie that they, well, I don't know if they have these for this long. It seems like the kind of movie they would do one of those uh, those symphony, uh, like, oh, man, what I... do they call those? The symphony plays? Man, where I... they... yeah. They play the movie and the and the the orchestra live orchestra plays the music. That'd be exhausting. It'd be a long symphony. It would be There's a lot of silent points though. Yeah, yeah. So because I feel like I feel like the music never lets up. 
I feel like the, the the soundtrack is just as long as the film. And when it does, it's it it's just the right times. You know, like it's quiet. Yeah. You know, uh, sound design in this movie is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you like you can hear the ring. Like when you see it, when you see like a po- picture of it, you like know what the sound is. Um, you know, you can hear. Uh, you know, like even when people put it on, it makes that whooshing noise. You, it's uh, great, and you get and the music plays in perfectly with that. Mm-hmm. The, I think like we were talking about earlier about the awards. It's not necessarily surprising when you think about it that no. it did so well because it. This Return of the King builds so well on what's come before, not just in the sense of its pre, pre its predecessor films, but uh, in terms of like all of cinema, like every form of like technique is used here. Yeah, like the things that have succeeded, like are all used to like maximize this fantasy story that can't really be told without all these techniques. Whether it's camera styles, whether it's like you know, uh, helicopter shots, you know, like these big set pieces, uh, miniature models, visual effects, uh, even the acting, which I think doesn't get enough credit. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's amazing that when you think about it, like Ian McKellen was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Fellowship of the Ring. Why was he never nominated again? Or why was none of the other actors? Well, Why weren't any of the actors ever nominated for Best Supporting Actor? That's what I ask because, like, clearly, I mean, like, I mean, yeah, he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor in The Fellowship of the Ring, but also, I, I argue that, one, um, Andy Serkis should have been nominated yeah. for Two Towers. and Definitely Two Towers. And Sean Astin should have been nominated for this movie. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like, I feel like if there's anything, like, if there's any important central character, it's him, and he got no recognition. Yeah. I'd say that Andy Serkis and, uh, Sean Astin definitely mm-hmm. deserved a nod, especially the performance that Andy gave in Two Towers. Oh, it's still so good. And, you know, they open up with a good one here, too. They, instead of doing the sort of cutting back and forth from left to right, he's talking to himself in a pool of water. Yeah. yeah. And that's really well done, too. <laughs> it is. Just, like, the cutting back and forth, and then, like, you can kind of... Sometimes they'll just, like, leave it on one, mm-hmm. and you'll, like, watch the face transformation. And there's one specific moment where I was like, oh, heck, that just, like, totally is Andy Serkis's face. I can, like, see it. Yeah. Just the way his eyes were holding or something. And that's all hand-animated, the face. Like, they didn't have performance capture to the extent we have today. So, like, he did all that stuff, but they started going in, like, hand animate obviously not like with a pencil but with a computer mm-hmm. all that stuff so it's just incredible mm-hmm. um in like 10 or yeah. 15 years the oscars will give andy circus a lifetime achievement award they've not done that yet no. no no and because it seems like they're still so far away from recognizing motion capture acting yeah i don't expect that they'll do it at a time where he's still working like he is then and today yeah so yeah he'll get i assume he'll get like an honorary thing someday yeah. which is a shame because he should be competing yeah i don't with, know how much i don't know how much i mean more he can really do like and the technology's come so far along now that like they can literally do it with anybody who's yeah. willing to do it it's yeah. not a case of like when andy was doing it like it was like the first time ever he's the trailblazer so of like the, of the art and like he loves it so much like he's doing he's directing movies that are just based around that premise you know, like he wants to do that all the time. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, any other? Any other? Like big favorite parts? People want to uh, talk about. Did you see about? that standing drop kick that? Uh, I that did. I made? mentioned that. You remember <laughs> me saying that? He was. Yep. He dropped a drop kick down. That was great. He looked like Brother Keith. It made me laugh a lot. Who's Brother Keith? That's Randy Orton. 
It's a broken way to say it. Uh, Rand, wait, Randy's name is Brother Keith? No, his, his middle name is Keith. Oh. And so it's Randall Keith Orton. I have a great But uh, Matt, Matt, Hardy. Matt, Hardy, <laughs> Matt Hardy calls him Brother Keith. Yeah. All right. That, nope. I don't, I Any don't other wrestling references you want to make? Nah, just a standing drop kick. That was okay. about it. It was pretty It was pretty easy <coughs> to spot, too. It was like they didn't even try to hide it. No. Did you guys catch the Peter Jackson cameo in this yep. movie? Nope. No. Of course you did. Yep, it was in the extended cut. Oh, was it only in the extended cut? That was in the main I cut too. See it. Yeah, it's yeah. None of us would have seen it. <laughs> like, it was did you like, watch the extended cut? No, I watched the regular. He must have just known about it. Um, yeah. Nope. Well, tell us about it. You're the only one who watched it. So, what happened in the beginning of the second half? Whenever, whenever the ghost army. Uh, yeah. Like, well, like that was weird. The ghost army. The ghost in the in the theatrical cut, the ghost army is like. The ghost army is only, you really only uh, know about them for like a certain period of time. It's Here, like, because there was a, there was an army that was headed, that was actually backing up the orcs and they were headed across the river on these ships and um, Aragorn, Gimli and Legolas were waiting right there and they said, y'all need to stop. Like... <laughs> You, Y'all need to stop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, the what? The Aragorn? No. Uh, what are the crossing guard? Yes, we will we're stop. Getting, Apologies. Yeah. We're getting the drunk history version of this, yeah. and I yeah. love it every yeah. time. Yeah. 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 Hey, They're like, hey, Y'all need hey. to stop. Y'all need to stop. <laughs> Y'all need to stop right now. Dang it! That gummit Legolas. <laughs> infinite arrows. Get out of here. <laughs> All right. So they tell them to stop. They tell, them, they tell them to stop, and what happens is, is that. Uh, Aragorn, Aragorn tells him like you'll fire a warning shot, and Gimli like messes. Hey, I'm gonna fire a warning shot. (laughs) (laughs) You don't stop, I'm gonna get you right in the knee. And what happens? Yeah, (laughs) I can't. Now you Uh, you must. (laughs) uh, Then what happens is is that Gimli like messes with with Legolas's bow, and he accidentally shoots one of the one of the shoulder uh, one of the soldiers, and it just so happens to be. Peter, Peter Jackson. Jackson. Okay. Mm. Okay. Neat. And then those ships get attacked with the Ghost Army. I'm sure we can watch that scene somewhere on YouTube. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's there. Or you can just borrow it. I have it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I still haven't watched the extended cut you gave me of the Fellowship of the Ring. One day I'll watch them. On the docket. One day. When you got the flu. When I have the flu. When you I'll have the it. flu. Um... Man, every time again, I'm reading. I'm reading Andrew's letterbox review live and in person. Oh yeah, you're trying to like to, you're like, trying to, get to try and fish more out of him. Yeah, you really. The Return of the King caps the end of an audacious adaptation from Peter Jackson and crew, and in most terms, this movie could be the epic of this millennium. Wow, you can it go with words, that, man. Four years into the millennium, you're gonna go with that. That's calling it early. <laughs> Oh really? Like, besides Endgame, I don't know any other movie that's been as big as that. Yeah. Well, the Millennium's been eighteen or twenty years. Yeah, we're only twenty years in so sure. far. Of a hundred, isn't that a millennium? I mean, that's, a like, that's like that's like Josh. No, it's not a million. Josh, I made, not been a million. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. It's oh, not been a million years shit. on the clock. I made I made a wrestling reference earlier. What are you yelling it? about? I meant century, not millennium. Millennium is a thousand years. You really upgraded it. That's what I, I thought. A millennium make, was a thousand I was years. Make, yeah. I made a, I made a wrestling reference for you, Garrett a minute ago. I'll make a country reference for you. It's like, do you know who the first, like the the number the first country duo to have a number one hit in this century was? I do not. It's the Wreckers, with 
uh, leave the pieces when you go, right? And okay. it's like they got that. They had the first one, but it came out literally the like the, within the first months of the year 2000. So it's like... Like, yeah, it doesn't mean it's meaningless. It seems kind of meaningless because yeah. it's like you got there. It, I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's as big as like. Well, yeah. Like, when you're the first, you're calling in a, it early. When you're the first in like a sequential series, yeah, you're not really achieving much. No, it's maybe like, the best or something. You know, you just did it first. Yeah, or it's like the first. I don't know. It was something like that. Anyway, cool. You calling it early on the millennium century? Hey. It's kind of early too. Well, I mean, we'll, we're check, only we'll check back with him in, in uh, nine hundred and eighty years. <laughs> He's done it once. He See can do it again. Is. Even if you go with the century, we'll check back with you in twenty one hundred. All right. See if you. Well, and really, the king is the biggest. What you're, what you're essentially saying? I know you said you used millennium by mistake, but there weren't. There was no film in the previous millennium. Mm-hmm. So you're saying this is the the epic of this all encompassing universe. Yep. Of all time that can be comprehended. Sure. All right. Hmm. I'm gonna lay it out there because, like, one. We don't get movies like this very often. It's it's we don't get movies like this very often. We don't get adaptations like this very often. We don't get we don't get movies that unite both fans and non-fans alike. Number 1, number 2. We don't get a movie that has this type of production design. The production mm-hmm. and the design on this is absolutely fantastic. 3. We don't get epic movies like this really anymore. I can't I mean like I mean we have the Marvel movies. We have the Marvel movies, but yes. even Endgame is not a, a, like scratching the wind to what this is. Right, I don't think it's not the same type. So, of, it's not really the same type of movie, really, even at all. No, I mean it's a very different. I mean, we type talked of movie. in the past how much you can see in Endgame that came from mm-hmm. the Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. So I can't name anything else like it. No, it's it's very unique. It's very unique. Yeah, they tried to they tried to. They tried to double it up a little bit with The Hobbit, and they failed. But well, like, we'll get to that someday. I'm we'll sure. get to that eventually in the next. I mean, would you put it on? I mean, you're a big fan of this one. Would you put it on par with like Ben Hur? Ben Hur and Titanic epics. Uh, ben Hur and Titanic don't come close to that. Hmm. And the reason why I say that is because Ben Hur's Ben Hur is still kind of exciting, and it's cool to watch because of the production value of its day. Mm-hmm. But Ben Hur. If Ben Hur and Titanic both suffer, both suffer from anything, it's their writing. Their writing is not very good. Mm, the you, writing has not aged. The writing here. The writing has not aged very well. Here, the, uh, the writing has aged incredibly well. I'll give you that. The writing and the acting, uh, while less sung about than mm-hmm. all the other elements of the movies, mm-hmm. aren't bad. Mm-hmm. So, like, it doesn't like detract. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no real detractions to really find. Yeah. I mean, outside of the link, outside of the length, maybe, but. When you look at it, like we talked about last week, these are going to be the definitive versions of the Lord of the Rings, no matter whatever happens in the future. If they make another one, you know, in 2045, or they try to make more Lord of the Rings, it's always going to live in the shadow of these ones. Yep. Even old, even even new fans then are going to go, even like, you know, 16-year-olds then are going to go, uh, not as good as the originals. Yep. Like, it's just like, it's going to be so hard to do anything that could even compare to mm-hmm. how, like, they, because they didn't leave that much out. Mm-hmm. Even with the extended cuts, there's, I mean, there's another like three hours of movies that they yep. cut, a movie that they cut. But even just the theatrical cuts, they get so much out of it. Oh yeah, and I got so much. I mean, I remember this movie whenever I first saw it, and I, it still stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, I, I don't think about this movie all the time, but like 
every time, I don't know. It, it just it's it's weird whenever you like, whenever you think, whenever you think of like epic journeys, whenever you think of uh, anything that's like anything that's like literal fantasy. The first thing that comes to my mind anyway is Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like aside Game of Thrones, we could Harry Potter maybe. and Harry Potter, in which Harry Potter came out at the same time, and it lasted longer. But I don't feel like the, I don't I don't feel like Harry Potter is epic per se. No, it's a very different type of story. It's because you're talking about the the style of storytelling. No, it's an epic. It's a different kind of epic. It's a fantasy. Epic. Well, I feel mm-hmm. like Harry Potter could be also be considered more of like a you know like a uh, you could call it in, in some ways a coming of age story. It is at moments. You sure. Know? It's a, it's a very different. But like we we also end the end both series end with an epic battle of magic forces. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's right. Sure. It has all the hallmarks of a but like I will, fantasy epic. I will say that like more, I feel like I feel like the Harry Potters and we could get into this at another time. But I feel like the Harry Potters are more of like mystery. Am I wrong? There's definitely there's elements. Yeah. There's, 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 element, there's elements of mystery. But in the but also no because. You can see where where the Harry Potter series borrows a lot from Lord of the Rings and others like it too because what 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 Harry Potter morphs into is a trio of people on a quest to destroy Horcruxes, mm-hmm. which could be an avatar for the ring, mm-hmm. in order to defeat this overwhelming evil. Mm-hmm. So they're very similar in that regard. Okay, where it starts out, it is kind of more of a. Each story is a bit of a mystery, trying to figure out what's going on, but they mm-hmm. do turn into a, a an epic quest to destroy evil. Mm-hmm. And that's Lord of the Rings. Kind of set the yeah. Is that the end of Andrew's the, letterbox the, review? Yeah, it's good enough. It's, he said he said most of the rest. Yeah, I mean, like, there's really there's really nothing wrong with the Lord of the Rings here. No, I, I think a lot of things went right at the right time mm-hmm. for this to happen the way that it did. Um, I think Peter Jackson was probably put on this earth to make these movies. I'm rather happy oh, he did. No, I have a question for you guys then. What would you want to see Peter Jackson do now? He's I don't, finished his Hobbit stuff. What, what's that? I would like, so... I don't, is he working on anything now? Yeah, I'm sure he is. I have not seen all of Peter Jackson's movies, but I've seen a few. And of, in terms of his like narrative fiction, none of them hit the way Lord of the Rings do. And not that I would expect them to exactly... Andrew would disagree with you on Kong. Kong is bad. Andrew likes King Kong. He's yeah. literally the only one in the yeah. world. King Kong's not a good. You movie. guys may remember this from when uh, from a, uh, so many sequels long, long ago. Andrew Garrett and Andrew got to a fight about King. I'll Kong. fight him again. It's I don't a bad which movie. podcast. It was. Do you remember which one it was? I don't remember, but I no, but I have that recording saved somewhere because <laughs> we they made we me were, laugh. We were arguing about it. You went. You went. It's a fun movie, and Garrett went. When? <laughs> Still would like to know. I still would like to know when any moment of fun is had in the maybe, movie. Maybe, I don't know. It's just a fun movie. Maybe we need to watch it again. But well, well here, the thing... Watch it before we watch Kong. There's a lot you can say about it. I don't know if fun is the one I'd pick. The, yeah. th- the, thing, I get out, the thing I get out of it is this. is that if you watch King Kong, because King <laughs> Kong directly came, came right after uh, The Lord of the Rings The Return of the King. Mm-hmm. They're try- he's trying really Too hard. hard. Oh. Yeah. He's trying really hard... To follow in the footsteps of that 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 narrative that he's doing, which is like you get a little bit of Kong, you get a little bit of the crew, mm-hmm. and back and forth, a whole lot of boredom. And and I personally like that. I I still like that. The effects in it are great. Um, 
There's, you get more Andy Serkis, too. You get more Andy Serkis, because Kong was Andy Serkis. And also, Andy Serkis was a live guy in that movie. And it has that sense of scale, and it has, you know, all the, you know, the, the sort of... It, it's another epic. Things. But it's, it's, it's another epic. But it's... Yeah, epic. but anyway, what, what would but you But to answer see? your question... What would you want to see Peter Jackson? I, I saw... Peter Jackson's last movie was a documentary called They Shall Not Grow Old. Which is yes, a, yes, yes, it's very good. Which is a... Um, Kind of rest- restoring footage from World War One in a way that had never been done before, um, and that I think might be the best movie he's ever made. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see him do more documentaries now. Yeah, my only critique with "They Shall Not Grow Old" is that it it like it also if you think about it, I don't want to hear it. If I don't you even think about it. it, it follows the same narrative of his other movies where it takes too long to get to what they advertised for this movie. <laughs> and as a colorblind human being, that messed with my head a lot because I walked in yeah. under the impression that this movie was colorized versions of World War One footage. And I was like, that's pretty cool. And so I sit down and everything's in black and white. And then it keeps being in black and white. And I'm like, did I miss it? Can I not see it? I was under, and then like at 45 minutes and in, it changes, like and I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, now I see. But like, as a colorblind person, I had many concerns with me, and that's my main. You don't see it. black and white though. I, you knew the difference. No, because of being complicated no. on purpose. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's hard to tell. You don't have my eyes. You can't see it. You, you know colors. I do, but if it was just barely done. Like, I didn't know how deep it was going to be. Again, my color palette is different than yours. Under the impression that it was going to be colorized, I I figured it would be black and white and then it would change to color. But, like, it took too long. And so I was legitimately confused about whether or not it had done it. And if it was just so subtle that I couldn't see it. And that's something that you can put your head down like that, but you can't comprehend it because you don't have the same defect in in your eyes that I have. I want to see Peter Jackson do Frankenstein. <laughs> I, I was gonna say like <laughs> that'd be bad. Man, that'd be interesting. Yeah, he I, I modern Prometheus with uh, with Peter Jackson's. What do you mean leave Frankenstein alone? There's literally no good version of it that exists. The original one's good. Ah. The original like, one's like, good. Like the thirties. Mm-hmm. I've actually never seen the thirties. It's good. I've never I've never seen the thirties version. Yeah. The only version I've seen is. The Kenneth Branagh Kenneth version. Branagh version from the 90s? Probably bad. It sounds like it would be bad. It's not it's, great, but it's not terrible. It's more It's more from the literary translation than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I could see him doing that. I could also see him doing, if he did, like, maybe All Quiet on the Western Front, if he did another epic, I think that'd be... He'd do a Western. Or if like he a Western did, epic. Yeah. Fistful of Dollars. <laughs> the Good and the Bad. He did, the, did do all three He, he of them. just did the Man with No just Name Trilogy. Name, he did the Man with No Name Trilogy. Only Viggo Mortensen would yeah. be Clint Eastwood. There you go. <laughs> I'm liking this movie already. And Andy Serkis would be Tuco. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you want him to do things that have already been made? Well, I just... I was just spouting that out there. I was just joking. Uh, well, I knew you were just joking, but then he kept naming stuff that he should Well, because it. All yeah, Quiet yeah. on the Western Front... Uh, all Quiet on the Western Front here is is like an early version of an epic film. It's also World War One, which if you look at it, yes, he's done the documentary of... He's done the documentary of uh, They Shall Not Grow Old. If you look at The Lord of the Rings, The Lord of the Rings is kind of an allegory to World War One. So why not just do... Why not just do uh, 
do the ju- do the book justice and just readapt All Quiet on the Western Front. Would you like that? Maybe. I like maybe I'd like to see it. <laughs> that was not that was like not watch, a good answer. I'd like okay. to watch the trailer. I wouldn't mind I honestly <laughs> like we if, were talking about if, stuff that shouldn't be touched. Right. You love that movie, so why would you want somebody to touch it? All Quiet on the Western Front? Yeah. Uh, just to see what he does with it. You you like well, hell, I want to see what Zack Snyder does with Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And under that, why? I'm being, not, I'm being facetious. That's not comparable. Some people He's might. He's talking like about it. a director he respects, and you picked one you don't like. That's True. not. Comparable. But some people might like it. Mm-hmm. Some people might be like, I really like the style, and I think that yeah. that slow motion weirdness can be really cool in this Lord of the Rings stuff. Mm-hmm. I'd like to just see what he could do with it. <laughs> I mean, no, no like, but but, but if Andrew likes Peter Jackson. No, I do like. That's Peter, the key. It, it, yeah. If if I could say he respects any, him that much, if <laughs> he does, if you I do. could say anything right now, if there's any one movie that you guys need to see, it's The Frighteners. The oh, Frighteners yeah, yeah, yeah. by Peter Jackson. Yeah, yeah. It is an underrated movie. It is Michael J. Fox's last film role. It's true. It is. It is like. It is written very well. It's incredibly good for a horror slash comedy. It was produced by Robert Zemeckis, so there, it had a lot going for it. And it did. It was a box office flop. It didn't do very well, but it's kind of a cultish hit. Mm-hmm. I would highly recommend it. I would highly recommend it. I'd watch it. Yeah, you and, didn't recommend it when I was asking for Halloween movies last year. Well, I'm recommending it this year. <laughs> That's when the. Like, curb your enthusiasm you start playing on um, but, but there's also there's also no sequel to it there's no sequel to this so no many sequels no many sequels but yeah. no I can I can't recommend this I can't recommend that movie enough because I if anything if there's anything he needs to do anymore is more horror okay more so you'd, you'd like to see Return of the World of Horror maybe sure yeah because a long time to get to that there you go because his uh, his style really pre really is kind of embedded in horror mm-hmm. uh, like uh, the movie Bad Taste yeah like the, the Frighteners um, you can imagine what you can do with, this, with visual effects now oh yeah you know that's true so. that's true alright well David tell us how much money this movie alright it's that time a lot. Uh, The Return of the King as we talked about debuted December 19th way back in 2003 finished number one with a three day total of 72.6 million dollars um, also in the top five that weekend, at number two, you had Mona Lisa Smile. The hell is that? Uh, it's a movie that unfortunately opened up against Return of the King. It made eleven million, <laughs> it made eleven point five million dollars. And number three, I guarantee Garrett likes this movie. No wait, this is sorry, wrong, wrong movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's everybody's uh, least favorite Keanu Reeves movie. Uh, Something's Got to Give with uh, mm. Diane Keaton, Jack Nicholson, and such. Is that the movie you were thinking of? No, that I was gonna no, no, no. You're going to like a different movie. Oh, okay. We'll get to that movie in a minute. Uh, a movie I guarantee you, Andrew, will not stop talking about if we get him started, is uh, The Last Samurai. I'm not... okay. Ah! And then, I think this is the movie. No, this isn't it. But Stuck on You with Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. That one looked too dumb for me. I don't believe two. that. You no, that? I saw it. Stuck nah. on You with Matt Damon. That and, uh, uh Greg Kinnear. Greg Kinnear. I was going to say Gary Payton. That guy played for the Sonics. Uh, so, uh, Return of the King is actually the only sequel in the top five the weekend it opened. Fellowship would go on to make $377 million in the United States. 
uh, and then add a seven hundred and sixty million from overseas. You mean a return of the king? What I say? I said fellowship. I'm sorry. Fellowship. Return of the king would make three hundred seventy-seven million. It'd go on to make seven sixty overseas, bringing its worldwide total unadjusted to one point one billion dollars. At that time, one of the highest grossing movies wow. of I, all time. Now I, it's in the low twenties. I think it was at like, I think that movie was number two to cross the billion dollar mark. Am I wrong in that? Um, not worldwide. Um, two Towers. No, wait. Yes, no, it did. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Two Towers didn't. It was the it, second, it movie, really close. second movie ever to cross the billion dollar mark. Now movies across the billion dollars all the time. Yep. Yeah, Wasn't there like seven like movies that made a billion last year? And they were all so. Disney. They were all Disney say, or yeah. uh, Fast and Furious, yeah. I think, was the other one. Uh, no, it happens all the time. Now, I remember uh, when, I remember specifically the, the movie that I thought, this isn't really all that special anymore. It was when uh, that Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland broke a billion dollars. Oh. I was like, I don't feel like this is special anymore. At that, yeah, I would agree. That's the turning point. But by that point, I think it was like it was like the sixth movie to do it. And I was like, if Alice in Wonderland can do it, I think almost any movie could. See, nice. I think I think the tipping point for me on that would be when like the third or fourth Transformers movie made a billion dollars worldwide. <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember the Dark Knight doing it was a big deal. Yeah, and it's like it, it's it's one of the gatekeepers for the billion dollars. At this point, it's like one of the lowest grossing billion dollar movies. Though. People enjoyed Transformers, whether you did or not, or mm-hmm. we did. But no one spoke a word about Alice in Wonderland. That's true. It doesn't have like a built-in fan base or anything. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. Mm-hmm. So if we travel back to the year two thousand, also before I just want to... <laughs> is Alice in Wonderland considered one of Disney's live action remakes? Maybe retroactively. Like, I don't think at the time, I don't think they really thought that that was going to be, like, a trend they were going to start doing yeah. a lot of. But I think it did so well that maybe they thought, let's look into this in the future. So I often hear people talk about how the Beauty and the Beast was the first one, but mm. they did Cinderella before that. Yeah. They did this, Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland, anyway. yeah. And so, it, it, I, maybe retroactively, but uh, that Alice in Wonderland has so little connection to the, the right. Disney cartoon that it's kind of like, is it really a live-action remake? Yeah. You know, yeah. Aladdin and Lion King follow those those movies pretty beat for beat, but mm-hmm. this Alan, the, that Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland is like a totally different movie. All right. Um, we travel back to 2003. It was a really cool year. A bunch of 13-year-old kids, minus Andrew, who was uh, about to enter college. Um, we had Return of the King. You're not wrong. It was the number one movie of the year. Number two was Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. Yay. Number three was Curse of the Black Pearl, Pirates of the right. Caribbean. Yep. Number four was The Matrix Reloaded. And Is number that the second one or the third? That's one? the second remember. one. Okay. Number five was Bruce Almighty. So only one sequel, or actually, sorry, two sequels in the top five for the year. You have Return of the King and Matrix Reloaded. Pirates would obviously get one. Finding Nemo would get one. Bruce Almighty would get one. Get a sequel eventually, but those are all movies. Those are all originals. <coughs> um, you know, I think one. I saw on the on the Bruce Almighty note that. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog, which is out now, was Jim Carrey's biggest opening since Bruce Almighty. Uh, I think that makes that makes sense. That's sad. <laughs> that makes sense. Why? He hasn't had a lot of big movies in between those. Because he like I remember when Jim Carrey was a giant draw. Yeah, like back in the, the back 90s. in the late nineties. Yeah, yeah, but now with this this is saying that he is again. Yeah, but like I would argue that maybe he's not. I think Sonic's probably the <laughs> well. It, it's arguable, but I'm just sad that like it took that long to finally get another one like uh, that. Yeah. That's just me. Yeah, he That's had some big me. movies in between. He had some good movies in between. Just nothing rose to the level of Bruce Almighty of finishing, you know, fifth at the end of the year. Yeah, you listen. You listen to all those other things I just listed off for Bruce Almighty to come in right in the same area as those. Uh, some other honorable mentions from 2003. This would probably take you back. X Men Two. Yep. Elf. 
Matrix Revolutions, which came out the same year as Matrix Reloaded. Weird. That was a disaster idea. Uh, a movie I can guarantee Garrett Lights likes, uh, Bringing Down the House. That movie Queen Latifah, when Steve Martin and Queen Latifah, Queen Latifah are Steve rolling Martin, around in the Sean apartment. Levy. That was so funny. That was the uh, second highest grossing movie starring Sean Levy and Steve Martin. <laughs> I saw that movie twice in theaters, and I liked that movie a lot. It's funny. Yeah, it's good. Cheaper by the Dozen came out that same year. Um, the only Fast and the Furious movie I've seen, Too Fast, Too Furious, came out that year. <laughs> Uh, I guarantee... Oh, we already talked about The Last Samurai. You've only seen Too Fast, Too I've Furious? I've only seen Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> All right? Thank you, Spike TV. Um, Once Upon a Time in Mexico came out that year. We've got it on the list. I know Andrew and I like those movies a lot. What is it? Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Little, uh, They're good. Robert Rodriguez. Although and I will then, say that's the weakest one. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Desperado, man. Uh, for, and then uh, everybody's favorite from Justin and Kelly. Mm-hmm. I can leave that off. We talked about the best picture Out. of that year. Lost in Translation. Call me Kelly for short. Uh, for Lost short. in Translation, Master Commander. You know, those are the big movies that came out that year that were nominated for awards. We've only done one movie previously in 03, and that's Love Actually. That we did it for our Christmas special oh, a few yeah. years ago. I wasn't part of that. But uh, it was, you know, it's a good movie. You can't have Love Actually. Whatever. I don't know. I've never seen it. Um, Love Actually is all around. All around. So... To do kind of a, we haven't got to do this yet. We were talking about uh, doing a little bit more of like a retrospective towards the ends. If you look at the, oh yeah, if you look at the progression of the Lord of the Rings movies, it is one of those trilogies that just got better every movie in terms of yeah. in terms of numbers. First movie opened up to forty-seven million. Second movie opened up to sixty-six million. Third movie opened up to seventy-two million. Better each movie, and they came out so near each other that you can't really look at. You can't really like look at like inflation or anything like that and say like, well, you know, mm-hmm. the first one sounds so little, but by you know 2004 stands so much more, and that's about the same. So, um, opens were better, grosses were better in terms of total. You had uh, you know, uh, uh, Two Towers made 900 million, Fellowship 800 million, and then billion dollars for Return of the King. Uh, you know, each one of them finished within the top two uh, in their given year. Fellowship was a number two movie. Two Towers was the number two movie of its year. And then Return of the King, number one of its year. Uh, it's like hard to argue that this isn't one of the most successful movie franchises of all time in like any category. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of it. That's all I got for, for that. Neat. Well, then let's play... Our letterboxed game. I think it's Andrew won again. BG? No, because Andrew let it. Last oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Time. Well, I think I, I was under the impression that I won. Oh yeah, I, I, think, think, you I think you did win. Okay. Um, so if you're not familiar with this game, we go to letterbox.com where we all have accounts. You can follow us there as well as the show account. So many sequels. Uh, it's a movie movie social media network for movie yeah. fans. Love it. It's, it's very great. Fun. So movies are rated on a zero to five or one to five star scale. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to guess what they think it is, and then we're going to see who's closest. And then this movie is also on Letterboxd's top 250 movies of all time, so we will guess its position as well. So, who wants to start? 4.8. Okay. I'm going to say 4.5. Okay. See, I'll say 4.5. So, I'm going to go with 4.7. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. If it's 4.6, we're all going uh, <laughs> to shoot ourselves. We're all going to be in the boat. 
The boat? Of Shit Creek. What does that That's when Garrett starts screaming at you. Yeah, it's... I hear him over there saying stupid things. <laughs> you no. can't trust him, Mr. Frodo. You gotta get rid of him. Let's just do that. This movie was rated by 6.9 thousand fans. It has been watched 300 and, by 396,000 people on Letterboxd. Sweet. 396. And they gave it a cumulative rating... A 4.3. Oh, oh wow. wow! Man, Which I is re- three movies in a row. All yeah, three of them are 4.3. The s- there's no drop. No, wow. no right. drop, no rise, nothing. Man. Now, where is it on the top 250 movies of all time? So Andrew won, right? No, you did. Oh, he David did. won. Oh, 4.5. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me. That's right, that's right. Yeah. So David will run it for our next movie, whatever that may be. Uh, Where were the other two? They were both. No, no, they were both. No, no, no. They were both outside the top fifty. Fellowship was sixty nine, Two Towers was ninety five, yeah. and Return of the King mm. is twenty three. I was gonna go with twenty three. I was gonna go, gonna go high. High. Well, if it's four point three, but also remember the other two are four point three, and there's, and there's a radical a, there's difference. A 30, yeah. There's a thirty movie gap between yeah. them. I'm gonna go with thirty. 23, 30? I'm going to say 46. 46. Okay. <laughs> it's 37. 37. Which makes Andrew the winner of that one. You still win the game, though. Sweet. But you get the bonus point, whatever that means. Yeah. Congratulations. What, 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 what do I get? get to, a taquito? I don't know. You get a bonus point. You get a, point. Get a, I get a taquito. <laughs> you, get to, you get to pick our next our next TikTok video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Follow us on TikTok. I'm serious. Oh, yeah. Please follow us on all social media. <laughs> um, yeah. That's the end of the show. So, uh, oh, well, what do we give the movie? Easily six out of five. Oh, for God's sake. So five out of five from Andrew. Oh, yeah. Six full, six rings to rule Andrew's uh, all. Um, that's weird. I'm yeah. gonna give four point five. Four point five. Okay. The only the, the only detraction is the one we talked about is it's a little Wait, overlong. Hang on, I gotta calculate. I forgot. It's just a little overlong, so I take off a half star for that. But I like it more than Two Towers. I like it the same as Fellowship of the Ring in terms of like how I rate it. Okay, next. Uh, it's five for me. It's five. Okay. Full five. I also give it five stars. And Andrew so, gives it five stars. I give it. I'll go ahead and give it five stars. You give it the maximum <laughs> amount of stars it can be given. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it deserves all the stars. So our rating is four point nine. Four point nine. Much higher. It's technically four point eight seven five, but I rounded up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would do that. 9. I would do that. All right. Well, that's that. We will we'll be back with a new series next time. Yeah. You can you follow us on social media to, to find uh, out to find out what that will be. No more freebies. No well, more, I mean, no it's more. free to find out, but just but not you on gotta the like the page. Yeah. yeah. Or see it somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Go follow us on some of our other accounts if you want to know what we're gonna do, so you can get a head start on watching them with us. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Patreon, Patreon. I post. I'm posting stuff on there. Nobody responded. Hang on. That's okay. Now that I think about it, before we go, let me check, see if anybody responded to uh, responded to my message saying, please tell us what you thought of the movie. Because <laughs> I told them we would read it off if they did. Well, then we got to check. Yeah, got to give them the perk. Surely you'd have gotten an email or something. <laughs> Probably would have <laughs> gotten a, a notification. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, nope. <laughs> okay. That's right. 
Oh, I guess final question since this is the end, but I think we will all be in agreement. Uh, we would rank these three, one, two. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Then no need to discuss it. <laughs> okay. No one, two, three. No. No. <laughs> two, one, three. No two, three, one. Three, two, three, one, two. Yeah, just two. I don't three, like any of these. Three, twelve. Uh, we'll be back next time. Okay. Until then. Oh wait, listen to us on everything: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Sounds Tooth. That's right. Sounds Tooth. That's right. That's the one you may not have heard of because it is a locally produced app here in Tulsa with a lot of great local content creators. So go to that website. Sounds Tooth. Definitely. So now, until next time. Anyone have the Hobbit movies? Mm. Extended cut. Extended cuts. <laughs> Do they have extended cuts? Yep. <laughs>